son in his letters, so why shouldn't she feel free to do the same? She didn't want to speak out of turn, though. Should I tell Jonas about the unexpected visit yesterday from his father? She pondered. Truth was, Peter Mast had come rumbling into the barnyard in his market wagon like a house on fire. In short order, he and Dot had gone off to the high meadow for over an hour. Sure did seem awful strange. But when she asked Mama about it, she was told not to worry her little head. What on earth? she wondered. What business does Cousin Peter have with Dot? Part One The daisy, by the shadow that it casts, protects the lingering dewdrop from the sun. William Wordsworth Never praise a sister to a sister in the hope of your compliments reaching the proper ears. Rudyard Kipling Chapter One Dog Days The residents of Gobbler's Knob had been complaining all summer about the sweltering, brooding sun. Its intensity reduced clear and babbling brooks to a muddy trickle, turning broccoli patches into yellow flower gardens. Meadowlarks scowled at the parched earth void of worms, while variegated red and white petunias dropped their ruffled petticoats, waiting for a summertime shower. Worse still, evening hours gave only temporary pause, as did the dead of night if a faint breeze found its way through open farmhouse windows, bringing momentary relief to restless sleepers. Afternoons were nearly unbearable, and had been now for weeks, June 12th having hit the record high at 97 degrees. Abram and Ida Ebersall's farmhouse stood at the edge of a great woods as a shelter against the withering heat. The grazing and farmland surrounding the house had a warm and genial scent, heightened by the high temperatures. Abram's seven acres and the neighboring farmland were an enticing sanctuary for a variety of God's smaller creatures, squirrels, birds, chipmunks, and field mice, the latter a good enough reason to tolerate a dozen barn cats. Not far from the barnyard, hummocks of coarse, panicled grass bordered the mule road near the outhouse, and a well-worn path cut through a high green meadow leading to the log house of Ida's maidal sister, Lizzie Brenneman. Ida, Midlife mother to nearly three-month-old Lydianne, along with four teenage girls, Sadie, Leah, and twins, Hannah and Mary Ruth, found a welcome reprieve this day in the dampness of the cold cellar beneath the large upstairs kitchen, where Sadie and Hannah were busy sweeping the cement floor, redding up in general. Abram had sent Leah indoors along about 3.30 for a break from the beastly heat. Ida was glad to have plenty of help wiping down the wooden shelves, making ready for a year's worth of canned goods, eight hundred quarts of fruits and vegetables, once the growing season was passed. Working together, they lined up dozens of quarts of strawberry preserves and about the same of green beans and peas, seventeen quarts of peaches thus far, and thirty-six quarts of pickles, sweet and dill. Some of the recent canning had been done with Aunt Lizzie's help, as well as that of their close neighbors. The Smithy's wife, Miriam Peachy, 
and daughters, Ada and Dorcas. The Eversole girls took their time organizing the jars, not at all eager to head upstairs before long and make supper in the sultry kitchen. I dare say this is the hottest summer we've had in years, Mama remarked. And not only here, Leah added, the heat hasn't let up in Ohio, neither. Mary Ruth mopped her fair brow. Your beau must be keeping you well informed of the weather in Millersburg, yeah? To this, Hannah grinned. We could set the clock by Jonas's letters, ain't so, Leah? Leah, seventeen in two months, couldn't help but smile, and much too broadly at that. Dear, dear Jonas, what a wonderful good letter writer he was, sending word nearly three times a week or so. This had surprised her, really, but Mama always said it was most important for the young man to do the wooing, either by letters or in person. So Jonas was well thought of, in Mama's eyes at least. Not so much dots. No, her father held fast to his enduring hope of Leah's marrying the blacksmith's twenty-year-old son, Gideon Peachy, nicknamed Smithy Gid, next farm over. Sadie stepped back as if to survey her neat row of quart-sized tomato soup jars. Writing to Cousin Jonas about the weather can't be all that interesting now, can it? she said, eyeing Leah. We write about lots of things, Leah tried to explain, sensing one of Sadie's moods. Why do you have to go all the way out to Ohio for his apprenticeship anyway, Sadie asked. Mama looked up just then her earnest blue eyes intent on her eldest. Oh, Sadie, you know the reason, she said. Sadie's apologetic smile looked forced, and she turned back to her work. The subject of Jonas and his letters was dropped. Mama's swift reprimand was followed by silence, and then Leah gave a long, audible sigh. Yet Leah felt no animosity, but with Sadie seemingly miserable all the time. Sadie was never-ending blue and seemed as shriveled in her soul as the ground was parched. If only the practice of Rumspringe, the carefree, sometimes wild years before baptism, had been abolished by Bishop Bontrager years ago. A group of angry parents had wished to force his hand to call an end to the foolishness, but to no avail. Unchecked, Sadie had allowed a fancy English boy to steal her virtue. Poor dear Sadie. If she could, Leah would cradle her sister's splintered soul and hand it over to the mender of broken hearts, the Lord Jesus. She offered a silent prayer for her sister and continued to work side by side with Mama. Soon she found herself daydreaming about her wedding, thinking ahead to which sisters she might ask to be in her bridal party, and whom she and Mama would ask to be their kitchen helpers. Selecting the hostlers, the young men who would oversee the parking of buggies and the care of the horses, was the groom's decision. Jonas had written that he wanted to talk over plans for their wedding day when he returned for baptism. He also wanted to spend a good part of that weekend with her and her alone. But on the following Monday, he must return to Ohio to complete his carpentry apprenticeship just till apple-picking time. His father's orchard was too enormous not to have Jonas's help come October. And then it wouldn't be long after the harvest and they'd be married. Leah knew their wedding would fall on either a Tuesday or Thursday in November or early December, 
the official wedding season in Lancaster County. She and Mama would be deciding fairly soon on the actual date, though since Jonas didn't know precisely when he'd be returning home for good, she had to wait to discuss it with him. Secretly, she hoped he would agree to choose an earlier rather than a later date. As for missing Jonas, the past months had been nearly unbearable. She drank in his letters and answered them quickly, doing the proper thing and waiting till he wrote to her each time. It was painful for her, knowing she'd rejected his idea to spend the summer in close proximity to him out in Holmes County, a way to avoid the dreaded long-distance courtship. But for Sadie's sake, Leah had stayed put in Gobbler's Knob, wanting to offer consolation after the birth and death of her sister's premature baby. In all truth, she had believed Sadie needed her more than Jonas. But Jonas had been disappointed, and she knew it by the unmistakable sadness in his usually shining eyes. She had told him her mother needed help with the new baby, the main excuse she'd given. Dismayed, he pressed her repeatedly to reconsider. The hardest part was not being able to share her real reason with him. Had Jonas known the truth, he would have been soundly stunned. At least he might have understood why she felt she ought to stay behind, which had nothing to do with being too shy to live and work in a strange town, as she assumed he might think. Most of all, she hoped he hadn't mistakenly believed her father had talked her out of going. Today, Leah was most eager to continue writing her letter the minute she completed chores, hoping to slip away again to her bedroom for a bit of privacy. When she considered how awful hot the upstairs had been these days, she thought she might take herself off to...